0: What's going on? It's so great to see you. Wait, I can't see you, but you can see me. Can you guys just let me know that you're here today? Come on, give me a thumbs up, type something down below in the comments. Just let me know. Take some time to click on those links, without a connection card, and just let us know how we can be praying for you. We want to pray for you. So we're meeting on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Daniel's Vineyard. And just last week we tested out the live stream and it appeared to work pretty well. So we're getting so close to being able to go live. But until then, you just have to see just me. So sorry about that, guys. Hey, a few items for you to be praying about. Uh, First one is Financial Peace University. It's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. I want you to go sign up. It's all online and there are no excuses. Tithing. Some of you have asked about how you can give to Emerge. You can go out to Emerge317.church forward slash give for your options, or you can give right on Facebook and just click the donate now button. Make sure you go out and check out our events page too. We have lots of fun things planned out for our youth, uh, we're working on a ladies' trip for the men. Hey, I need four more of you, plus your sons that are seven or older. I want you to go on a great adventure with me. We're going to go fishing July 3rd through the 10th in Canada. We'll be off the grid, and it will be a blast. So come on, let's go. Hey, Israel, that's another opportunity. If, if you want to really see the Bible come alive, I want you to go to Israel. We're looking at January of 2022 with a cost of about $3,500. If you go out to emerge 317church forward slash Israel, you can see the information about the trip. I'm going to just watch your announcements in the weeks ahead and we'll have some more details about it. I think that's about it for all of us now. but let's go ahead and go to a time of prayer. So Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to just come here and to open up your word to pray to spend this time that's dedicated to you God. i ask that you just speak a word to our hearts to our minds to our souls father as we're opening up the words that are breathed and inspired by you as we open up the scriptures father may you just reveal something new to each and every one of us and let us come away from here and so father we're we're praying and we're believing and we're trusting in you and that something is going to be revealed to each and every one of us as we're learning about your holy spirit we ask that you just continue to fill us up so that we can be empowered to be going out into this world and to be living for you and to being your hands and feet to be able to reach out to all those that are all around us and to be able to impact them in multiple ways father we say thank you and we say we love you it's in jesus name we pray All right, guys, this is week number two of Empowered. As we're going through and to see how the Holy Spirit empowers each of us to do His work so we can be bold in our faith, we're going to read through Acts 4 verses 1 through 31 today. You know, one of the sub themes of Acts is the growth of God's Word in spite of opposition. You know, we see a lot of opposition all around us right now, don't we? But it's no different now than it was back then. God's on the move, so let's just join him in the midst of it all. So do me a favor, open your Bibles, grab a pen and some notepaper, and or even go ahead and send the word gathering to 66599 to get a link to today's sermon notes. We won't have a lot of notes to fill out, but I encourage you just to take your own notes. All right guys, Acts chapter four is where we're going to start, but I just want to touch base just for you, those of you that have kids. Uh, we're going to be reading acts 3 with the kids and covering it with them and it's peter heals the crippled beggar and so it's one of those famous lines where peter says uh, that he has no silver or gold but by the name of jesus i command you to stand up and walk this crippled person that's been crippled for over 40 years just an amazing testimony to what god can do through his holy spirit and through each and every one of us just ordinary people and a great way and a great example to show these kids exactly what they can do. So if you didn't know that, we are going through uh, the Gospel Project and we have lessons for the kids. You can go out and check them out online. Hope you can do that so you can teach your kids. That's what we want here. We want you to be able to empower and disciple your kids. We want to empower you to be able to disciple your kids. And so we're going to start Acts chapter 4 verse 1 and this says Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. So the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection. Of the dead. You see, the Sadducees, as you'll see in the notes and what we're going to be covering off, they they don't believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees are very powerful. They're part of the Sanhedrin, which is a group of 70 people that are the religious leaders and rulers of the area. Very powerful people that really kind of control, in essence, the church at that time, as well as they have great influence with the government and they're partnering with them. So they're very upset about this. Uh, verse 3, They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, so it's it's as evening comes for them. It was after 3 p.m. because it's starting to get dark. Things are starting to slow down. So it says as evening, uh, because it was evening, they put Peter and John in jail until the very next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. You see, God cannot be stopped. His kingdom cannot be stopped. He had the opportunity. They they had the opportunity, a captive audience. And Peter and John, they took advantage of it. And they taught the gospel. They spread the good news. And they grew the total number by 5,000 believers. Whoa, amazing. Let's go on. Verse 5. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Uh, Verse 6. Annas. The high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. So it's showing the importance and the the clout of these leaders. So Annas was once upon the high priest, uh, and now we have Caiaphas as well as John and Alexander, just the family and showing the importance of this event and why they're here in front of them. So they had Peter and John brought out before them and began to question them, by what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called today, uh, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple, so that's time back to what we're covering for the kids, this crippled beggar of forty years was healed just by Peter speaking um, the word of Jesus uh, and speaking his name and healed him. So he says." If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, verse 10, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. You see what he's doing there. He's saying this man from Nazareth, saying exactly where Jesus is from, which they did not Approve of? They did not like the fact that he was from Nazareth. They they also he also said that you crucified. So Peter's really kind of nail nailing them right here, isn't he? He's really getting into them and saying that it's because of you that he's crucified. But oh, by the way, he was raised from the dead. So he's just raising all kinds of red flags per se. But he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. God is giving him these words to stand up here and talk to him. So let's go to verse eleven. It says, he is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. You see, this is the fulfillment of prophecy. It ties back to Psalms. And you can see this in Psalms 118, where they talk about the stone you builders have rejected. Now let's go on. Verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were just unschooled, Ordinary men, You highlight, circle, you know, just look at that. They were ordinary, unschooled men. So it says when the Sadducees saw them, the Sadducees are rabbinic leaders. They've been through schooling. They know all the rules and the regulations. They've been studying scripture for years. And they're saying that they're seeing that these ordinary, uh, unschooled, ordinary men, They were just astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, just spending time with Jesus. They were empowered, and they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, ultimately. But it was their time that they spent with Jesus to be able to give them that knowledge, give them the the foresight, and then the Holy Spirit coming alongside of them and just giving them the words to say. Verse 14, but since they could not... uh, But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing that they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody in Jerusalem knows what they have done, and this is an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Verse 18, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. You you need to underline that. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. And for us, it's what we see here in scriptures and what we've heard. We cannot stop speaking about it. Verse 21, after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed, was over 40 years old. Now let's go on. The believer's prayer. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported to all the chief priests and elders and um, that reported back to the, them all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. So it was a corporate unison calling out in prayer to god to to raise up and say to god you sovereign lord showing how god is over it all that he is in control saying sovereign lord they said you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them you see they're giving god praise they're setting him up above and telling everyone and and believing and praying and saying, God, you are over it all. We trust you. We know you. We love you. Um, In verse 25, it says, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then it references back to Psalms 2 here. It says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Verse 27, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So they're saying that God is in control, that he's guiding, he's directing, he's leading this all. So they did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. Underline that. That's something you need to go back to. One of those promises, one of those statements that you can live on, regardless of what you're going through, what we've been going through in 2020, what we're going through in 2021. This is something that God has decided is going to happen beforehand and and that it should happen. Verse 29, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Another one of those highlight, underline, circle. Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You see, this stretching out your hand is tying back to Moses when he raised his hand up to put the plagues out. And um, just a, a good reference where God showed his miraculous signs and wonders and showed his healing power. So form um, perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. What an awesome Chain of events to show God's new power and magnitude. So the place that they were praising Him and praying and and giving Him honor and focus and asking Him to be present, and then God comes and empowers them with the Holy Spirit to give them the ability to speak boldly. It's just such an amazing amazing part and if you wanted to you can keep on reading later um, where it talks about the believers share their possessions. that's a tie back to chapter two of acts um, where we were reading about how they were going about and meeting each other's needs and and communing together and just being in community and fellowship as one as a church as a body in homes all throughout the week and on the weekends as well so the priests that we see here they were primarily Sadducees in their religious affiliation. You see, the Sadducees, they were distinguished by several characteristics. Number one, they, they had a disbelief in a bodily resurrection and a denial of the existence of angels and even spirits. You know, that's one of the biggest variances to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Number two and that is uh, that they had this extreme loyalty to the Roman government. You see, they were tied in tight with the government leaders. And this was probably twofold in its efforts. So that they could keep them on top of the list of people to be connected to and to be connected with. Number three, they had this strong desire to maintain the status quo. You see, the Sadducees, they just enjoyed keeping things just as they are. And that's a big reason why they didn't like the way. Why they didn't like being challenged in their thinking. And they fought it just to keep it all just the same as it was. Next, number four is that there is an association with the wealthy class. You see, they tried to keep a close relationship with the wealthy, and they didn't want to connect with the poor or the beggars. And then lastly, they adhered to the Pentateuch, or the five books at the beginning of the Old Testament. You can see that there's just a lot of similarities in these characteristics compared to those Christians that are living all around us right now can't you do you see the theme you know it's more of a country club type of approach and their beliefs and living them out you know they were more worried about themselves than spreading the good news they were more worried about themselves than taking care of the poor they were more worried about the religious rituals than a true relationship with Jesus And that's almost exactly what I do not want to see from all of you. Come on, let's get in the game. How are you serving others? You know, how are you reaching out to all those that are around you? How are you taking time to bring others to church? Maybe, why are you not in church on a Sunday? You know, if you're going to work, going to school, and going into the stores, hey, you can surely be going to church, right? You know, here's what's concerning to me. We're becoming a lot of lukewarm Christians, almost living out a double standard. Yes, yes, we have COVID-19 going on, and yes, it's a risk to many people. However, we can't live in fear, and we we do need to take measured steps and appropriate actions as to where and who we are, And I understand if you are at high risk and or you just want or need to minimize your exposure. Believe me, do I get it? So this may be hitting you a little hard and I'm sorry, but but I'm also not sorry. If you're offended by this, then there's something deeper that's going on. Please know what my heart is here. My heart is that you will all be contributing to the kingdom work, telling others the good news inviting others to church online or in person, opening up your Bibles, getting your worship on, etc. Simply growing and taking your next steps. You know, if you want a vaccine, go get it. If you don't want a vaccine, then don't. But don't let this pandemic continue to paralyze your spiritual growth. All right. All right. I'll step off the soapbox. Hopefully you're still with me right now. And let's just go on. So, you know, one thing that really surprised me and really surprised the Sanhedrin's here was the overall courage of Peter and John. You see, the Sanhedrin were shocked of the boldness of Peter because just a few days earlier, they likely recalled Peter stayed away because he was being associated with Jesus because that meant that he would be in danger. But you can see now that these simple Galileans, Peter and John, who were unschooled in the rabbinic training and simply ordinary men. They were not trained for theological debates in which they are currently engaging in right now. They were just simple men, just like you, just like me. The only sense the Sanhedrin can make of this now this phenomenon is that these men had been with Jesus but it is a sincere but reluctant compliment to the Lord whose superior abilities above them they remember with such jealousy. You know, what an amazing thing to witness. The Sadducees were trying to stop the spread of the way. But nothing, nothing can stop God's plan. He can use ordinary people like you and me to move forward his plan. He just needs us to be, simply be obedient and moldable in the midst of it all. He just wants a willing heart for us to stop caring about what all those around us will say and then we'll just fully trust him. That's what we can do and and that's what we see Peter and John doing right here in Acts. They are opposed by the council yet determined to obey their Lord. The apostles reported to their fellow believers the commands and the threats of the Sadducean priests and the elders. And what do they do? What does the body of believers do? They go to prayer. Yes, prayer. That's what I want us to be here and do here at Emerge. I want us to be a body of believers that truly believe in the power of prayer and just take time to pray and to seek him. That you take time during each and every day to pray for your spouse, pray for your children, for your friends, for your pastor, for your church and your church family, for the lost, for the sick. I want you to take time to truly hit pause and be in prayer. You know, if someone asks you for prayer, why don't you just do it right then and there? Don't say, I'm gonna pray for you later. Just jump right in and do it right away. You will likely see God at work either right away or even down the road. You never know, but you definitely won't know if you don't take the steps to do it right then. So here in Acts, we see that the body of believers immediately went into prayer and united corporate prayer. They, they addressed God as the sovereign Lord, or despotes, and praising God as the creator of all things and as a, f- a fulfillment of the prophetic words. The believers, they just gave in to God and gave it all over to Him. The prayer declares the fulfillments of Psalms 2, first in Jesus' suffering and then in the church's suffering. You know, Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the Gentile Roman soldiers, and even the Jewish people were all united against Jesus, as were the Sanhedrin, who also opposed the church. You see, the church praised and celebrated God's active accomplishments of his plan as even his enemies act according to his predetermined will and plan. We see the church requesting empowerment to implement God's promises to the Messiah in Psalm 2.8, where it says, Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. So they go into prayer, and they break it down into ways for us to pray too. So we already touched base on giving God all the praise and all the focus of Him and on Him. And at the end of that, they then turn their requests. They turn to their petitions to God. And the first petition you see is, hear their threats. And they ask that God to take notice of them, probably in such a way that He will not let them thwart the advance of His saving purposes. The second petition, give us your servants Great boldness in preaching. It calls for divine enablement to bring the message to the nations effectively so they may embrace it and become part of the restored people of God, the Messiah's inheritance and possession. You see, they're labeling themselves as servants. It places them in continuity with David and the Messiah and marks them as bearers of the spirit filled prophetic witness of the last days. The church then rightly views itself as fulfilling the scripture. The great boldness the believers ask for is not only the freedom of speech of a Greek citizen, but also the courage that stands up to those who would limit the right to reveal the truth. You see, Peter had already demonstrated such spirit-filled boldness in declaring the whole truth to the Sanhedrin. And then finally, the last petition is the same as God did with Moses. He saw the plight of his people. He raised his mighty hand to save and did signs and wonders through Moses. And he spoke through Moses. See, also the believers here in Acts 4 who adhere to the message of Jesus, they assume that God will hear and there will be healing, signs, wonders in the name of Jesus. The believers' prayers are answered immediately, directly, and unmistakably. In reverse order, God, through an earthquake, did a wonder, an astonishing sign that pointed to his presence there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could speak with boldness beyond normal speech. And they were unstoppable, for they kept preaching God's message all around. The effect of the place being shaken, that made the disciples all the more unshaken. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit can can and will do through you and those that follow. You can see how people are empowered, how they become bold, how they boldly profess their faith, how, bold, how they boldly believe in the healing in Jesus' name. See, when I was in India, I spoke to a bunch of church planters that were truly just like you and I. They had normal jobs, but fell deeply in love with Jesus, and they were called to be pastors. So they went off into the depths of their towns and villages to go and profess. They spoke of miraculous healings of limbs being restored. They spoke of tremendous demonic presences that could only be fought by the word of truth and the Holy Spirit. See, we all aren't, we all aren't called to be pastors. We all aren't called to be missionaries but we are all called to fully trust in and share the good news. And I just challenge you to do that, to go out and share the good news, to spend time getting to know God, to spend time to get filled with his Holy Spirit and to be empowered to go out and impact our family, our friends, our neighbors, and our coworkers. We go in prayer with me. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the words, thank you for the inspiration, thank you for the witness and the testimony of of Peter and John and how you showed that through your Holy Spirit, you can take ordinary unschooled people to do mighty things for you. And for the great reminder that you set all things in order and that you are sovereign, you are over, you are taking it all under your power and your control that you're over it all and that you've already won every single battle and for that great reminder for us to just remember that and keep it at the forefront we just say thank you so much lord for what you're doing in us so father help us as we've heard these words as we've opened up the scripture as you've spoken to each of our hearts help us to slow down help us to write out our application points of our next steps what we're doing in this journey for you, for the people that we're praying for to invite, for the steps that we're taking to get closer to you. Maybe it's the fear. Maybe it's the fear that we're is weighing us down, the fear of COVID-19 or the fear of all that's going on all around us in this world right now. You know, God, we just ask that you help us to set aside those fears and to trust in you to come closer to you. And Father, I just lift up to you, this entire nation, to where we are right now. It's broken, it's divisive, it's hurting. Father, we're coming up on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, and we just still are not living within that dream. There's still brokenness, there's still hurt, there's still divisiveness and inequalities. And Father, I, we know that the only way that it can be fixed is through you. And it's through us as believers reaching out to all those around us, to the hurt, the broken, the lost, and to truly be your hands and feet. So, Father, in the midst of this weekend and in the midst of this time, help us to continue to come back and get centered in you. And let us go out and be you. Be your hands, be your feet into the neighborhoods and all, all those right around us. Because we can be the change that is led by you. And so, God, just empower us. And give us boldness of speech. Let us drop any adherence of anything that's keeping us from doing what you've called, called us to do. And let us trust fully in you. And so, Father, we just say thank you so much for what you're going to do. And we just lay it all at your feet. And we just give you all the praise in advance. And we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right guys, thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for being a part of Emerge. If you haven't done it, make sure you go down through, check off those announcements, fill out a connection card. uh, Let us know you're here. Let us know how we can pray for you. We'd love to have you on our team. We're getting ready and pushing towards our launch date. And we'd love to have a few more people that can serve once or twice a month Uh, in our kids' area, as a greeter, out in the parking lot, whatever it is that God's gifted you the ability to do, could you come alongside of us and get signed up so that we can build this team of volunteers and spread the word and spread the word and spread the work and continue to be able to impact our community and bring in the lost and tell them and teach them about the good news of Jesus? Could you do that with us? Could you be a part of it? Let us know, give us a thumbs up, write a comments, send us a direct message, whatever it is. Whatever's the easiest way for you to do it, do it. Take your next step. Let's get connected and um, see how we can partner together to really spread the good news here in greater Indianapolis. So I'm so grateful for every single one of you. Hope you enjoyed this great three-day weekend and your next week is off to a great start. We'll see you back next week. And um, love you guys so much. Have a great, great day and a great week.